Welcome to the Painted Target Podcast. So, I've been tweeting about this. I posted it on Instagram just to have a conversation about insecurity and social media. So, me and Nick were talking a little bit before we started recording, and I feel like social media has turned into a place where you've got like a few things happening. You've got like the serious people on there that are either quote-unquote famous or not, or you have the people that basically just don't give a shit and they kind of just tweet things out, and if you get something from it, you do, you don't. That's kind of what I do. And then you have this kind of group where um, I feel like they get on social media to maybe fix themselves, and then they get some insights, and in the midst of these insights... They become almost like a teacher, but they haven't done the work themselves. And I sometimes think it's kind of, it's like opposite day on social media. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, it, it, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of titles and definitions, especially with certain, let's call it the self-help section for men on you know, Twitter or social media. And it's like, well, you put out a tweet that has some good insight in it, very alpha, masculine, all these words. But what are you? You know, because 10 minutes earlier, you were taking selfies and posting them online trying to get attention. So I, that's just, that's how I feel. I, it's It's this idea of, Nick, you know, is social media kind of, is social media building this behavior or is it just expanding this behavior? And then on the other end, I think, well, you know, because I could be an asshole, that's pretty obvious. (laughs) But on the other end, I think, well, if there's people out there and they're providing a resource, because that's the only reason I do this. I, I mean, it's just, I'll have a book coming out you know, hopefully within the next, I don't know, six months or something, year, you know, who doesn't have a book nowadays? But the bottom line is I do it just as a resource. So you could say doesn't matter what these guys say, do, how many pictures they take of themselves, they're providing something. And if it helps one person out, then that's the point. But I just I feel like it's essentially opposite day online. You know what I mean? You know, I agree about a lot of that. You know, I I would say, for me, I would characterize social media as the freaking Amazon jungle, man. Um, It it really is, because you have all these different niches. You know, think about what's in the jungle. You, You got all kinds of animals that make themselves look like big, bad, scary things so they don't get eaten by anybody else. Yeah. When, you know, really, they are dinner. (laughs) <laughs> they're yeah. just really good at pretending most of the time until somebody figures out they're not and then they're dinner. And then, you know, it, then you have some, you know, really dangerous, nasty things that 
you think it's just a tree branch until you step on it and then you don't have a leg anymore. Yeah. I I think that's a lot of uh, what you see going on right now. So to your point, to your question, I, and, you know, I, reply to this because you, I know we have different perspectives on some of this stuff. <clears throat> I think it's a little bit of both, and, but I think it's an evolving situation where, yes, people, you know, you essentially have a market for it. That's why you see it there. You know, it's, you know, you, you could get into some deep social stuff really quick about, you know, why, if, you know, if we're just focusing on the men's area for a moment, you know, why, why are all these men, boys, whatever you want to call them, why are they searching? You know, you look back even 50 years ago and like, people would be like, what the hell is this? Yeah, Without going shit, down yeah. that rabbit hole, the market's there. That's a whole nother podcast yeah. as to why. Um, so, you know what? Some people probably get something out of it. Um, I think, unfortunately, for most, it's it's probably a dead end because they're reinforcing, you know. Yeah, the shitty behaviors that got him into that sphere. Yeah, in the first place. Yeah, they're, they're just reinforcing dead ends. Whether you whether yeah, it's good behavior or personal beliefs. Hey, if I wear the right sunglasses and wear the right shoes, then life is good. Yeah, yeah, and like I said, I think it. I'm not preaching anything that I think is right or wrong. I mean, I, my, my whole, you know, I tweeted this the other day. My, my whole philosophy is essentially just ask why and all you do just ask why. And somebody replied and it was a good point. They said, well, if you just ask why you're going to be doing that your whole life. And it was a solid point. And I replied to him because, you know, you don't want to get that. If I say that, and I'm stuck in all this philosophical shit my whole life. I'm no different than them in some other way because it's like you said, it's dead ends, it's band-aids. But I think that the interesting part is on one end, like you said, there's these niche, you know, there's these sections, there's brands, people are making money and, you know, good on them. You know, that's not a bad thing. Um, so it turns into, and even with the accounts that I have, you kind of get in this bind where you think, well, I have to produce content, I have to do this, and you, you know, so it can in some ways become a burden. And then when things become a burden, they've got to force it, you know, they've got to post the pictures, post the videos, post the stuff. But what I think is interesting is if you ask why you're doing that, you know, some of these accounts, man, like, and I, I don't go searching around. A lot of times people send me stuff or they'll like, you know, CC me in a thread and it'll just be a dude like just totally, you know, 900,000 followers uh, from that, you know, man side of Twitter, whatever the hell they call it now. And, <laughs> you know, he'll just be going on and on about this and posting pictures of himself and the selfies are out of control. I think selfies should be illegal. I'm just going to say that right now. <laughs> they need to put that on the ballot. But it's like if you actually sat down and asked yourself in most situations, and I, this is men and women, why you would sit in front of a phone in like a perfect pose, you know, with sunglasses or whatever you're trying to show off and take a picture and post it. Like what if you actually ask why? you're going to get some shitty answers because 
it's just vanity, you know, it's ego. It's, it's trying to portray an image when in reality, your work, your content without that, the writing, the tweets or whatever should kind of prove it itself. And then on top of that, while I don't consider myself part of that side of the internet, I, I don't know what I would be considered. I just kind of get insights and put it out there. But these are also a lot of them coming from sections of the internet that are selling themselves as the apex predator. You know, it's like you can't, you can't, it's like, uh, you know, I, I, hey, trust me, I wasn't the guy that shot bin Laden. I don't, you know, think I'm anything special, but the reality is, you know, I could easily get on there and be bragging about stuff. And, you know, you know, me personally, Nick, like I, I could be that guy. And I just, you know, it, it's like, let the work speak for itself. So when you oh, start dude. adding that stuff on, it's like, dude, this is off. So dude, I got to tell you, I have expectations now. So within about the next 24 hours, I need to see a shot of you taking a selfie in the mirror with the shirt just pulled halfway up. Oh, just to gosh. show uh yeah, just, sure. just a couple abs not everything you know you gotta tease two abs uh, <laughs> yeah. i mean in oh, that i'm and, sure and that's out there a couple rifles in the background make, oh, make sure that, that you don't forget that yeah i do have a few that's for sure so <laughs> but that's a good point i mean like i could probably go on twitter right now and find that and it's like you know there there are situations don't get me wrong you know people in fitness and all this it's like all right you gotta post something if you're selling a product like i get it but i just think the part that's interesting about this is it breeds in my opinion more insecurity but these are also these situations are more prominent in areas where you're supposed to not be that (laughs) if that makes sense you know it's opposite day yeah you know what? Perhaps this is a cheesy analogy, but from my perspective, selfies are like cookies. You know, if you know why you're having a cookie, like, dude, I, I and this is an honest statement about myself. I got a fucking sweet tooth, man. I and I always will. That's just how it is. All right. Yeah. And you know, there are days where, like, dude, I'm eating half the bag of cookies. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll, I'll just yeah. work out a few extra times this week. Um, but I recognize it for what it is. I'm not saying I'm not zero excuses. Like, dude, I'm going to be a fat ass and eat a fucking bag of cookies. Um, and obviously if you do that all the time, that's an issue. Um, but you know, we all have our moments and as long as I think to your point, the point of asking why is yes, you ask why, and you know, this of course, but Twitter's not a book, you know, that's one of the limits, you know, Twitter's like this one little statement when there's all this behind it. And I'm not telling you anything you don't know here. I mean, obviously, <clears throat> you know, but after you ask why, you know, you have to accept what that is. And then you can choose to continue to follow in that action or not. I want to eat cookies. Why? Because I like fucking sugar. Yeah. Okay, cool. Like, all right. Yeah. I acknowledge that. I'm not making it like, oh, well, it's only a few. Yep. <laughs> That's awareness. Like that. That's awareness. Yep. So, you know, like the whole selfie thing, like, dude, like I have been working for six months. So like, I, I look like a freaking Greek God and you know what? I want a fucking cookie. So I'm throwing a selfie up. Check this out. Yeah. And that's cool. But you know, like cookies, if that becomes a habit, because you know, when you think about it, cookies and selfies, they're both triggering dopamine, yep. you know, your pleasure systems in the brain. So 
they're not significantly different when you really get down to it. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's pretty much the same thing. You can indulge every so often, and that's fine. But if that becomes your driving motivation, like, dude, I can't wait to get home from work. I've had a crappy day. I'm eating a bag of cookies. Like, that's a yeah, bad. Now scene. it's a crutch. Yeah, it's a bad right. Idea. That's yeah. a problem. Yeah. <laughs> and I think you brought up a good point, and I'm glad you brought it up. I wouldn't even have thought about it. Is I'm the I the way I look at it, you know part of the philosophy which kind of goes against what i say because i don't think anyone should be stuck in a box but if we had to conceptualize it you know if you're admitting what you're doing if you're saying what you're doing then i don't think there's any problem with it you know we see this obviously on um you know sites like instagram and all this where you've got people posting pictures with every body part they have hanging out <laughs> and then under it, they put, you know, it's, it's a positive quote. Well, you gotta be positive. It's so strong <laughs> and don't let anyone tell you. It's like, look, stop, stop. What you need to put under there is I'm insecure. I feel shitty about myself because of my childhood and I need to post this up for a dopamine hit because I want the likes and I want people to tell me I'm beautiful. If you do that under your post, no problem for me. None. You did it. You wanted to do it. It's like Osho called it. It's a direct thought. This is what I want to do. I want to eat those cookies. As another good example, I count every single one of my calories. I use that Fitness Pal app. Every single thing I eat, I monitor I mean, my health and all that stuff is very workouts, everything to the T. Guess what? On Sundays, I don't monitor any of that shit. So I'm already tomorrow planning, like, I'll still wake up, do some cardio, whatever. But I'm not monitoring that crap tomorrow. So if there's cookies, I'm eating those sons of bitches. I don't care. (laughs) But you're not going to see me post some shit tomorrow on Twitter like, oh, well, you know, I, I can eat these cookies because I work out all week and, you know, I'm both. No, no, no. Like I saw that the I saw that. I don't know how long it was at this point, but somebody was doing some workout online and they were basically like, well, I did this workout. But I didn't do this part, I didn't do this part, and I didn't do this part, but it was pretty neat. And it's like, okay, you know, stop. You didn't do the workout, first of all, because you cut 50% of it out, and then you decided you had to go online to post about it. So anyone with a half a hair of awareness or knowledge of psychology or the brain would say, you did something, you felt insecure about it, you jumped online, to get some feedback to feel secure about it. Am I wrong? I mean, why the why else would you do that? That's like saying I ran a mile today, but I only ran a quarter of it and then I went home. So, why are you telling us that? That's Yeah, no, you absolutely. I, I have no data to back this up. This is pure speculation on my part. But uh it, you know, you actually asked in the beginning of the conversation, you know, uh, what's the big deal? You know, if, if people are getting something out of this, we'll say constructively, you know, not just pure entertainment, because, you know, you can get that from pretty much anywhere. What's the big deal? Um, it, there's a, every, most people have probably heard of the 80-20 rule. 
Um, it's also called the Pareto distribution. <clears throat> for anybody who's not uh, familiar with it, the gist of it is, for example, it's it's one of those things that pops up everywhere in life, kind of like the golden ratio and pi and all that. Um, an example would be in finance. And you see this in finance all the time, the 80-20 rule is that, for example, um, in your 401k, is that 20% of your stocks in any given year provide 80% of the return. But realistically, it's just it's a statistical phenomenon. So you, you can't predict what that 20% is. So you can't game it and say, oh, great. So I'm going to dump all those with those 20. Well, no, then you're going to be screwed next year. And you see that in everything. I mean, you see that in human relations. Um, you know, not to be crude, but you know what we're talking about Instagram stuff here. So you know, with they've looked at it, and if you take a group of people, whether you're talking about you know a thousand or a million, you know, you'll see that the eighty twenty rule generally applies to intimate relations. So you'll usually find that twenty percent of the people are having eighty percent of the experiences. So, you know, you hear that now, like, oh, you know, everybody's having sex and you have all these people scratching their head, like, really? Because you're mm, not seeing it. Yeah. Well, that's because Pareto rule, you know, whether it's the, you know, uh, Sonny's book, uh, Instagods, which will be out soon. Not to plug somebody else's Shout stuff. out to Sonny. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, so you have a handful of people who, you know, just, you know, have made themselves, you know, insta-gods to borrow somebody else's term. Yep. And yeah, they're nailing it left and right, you know, good for them. And it just, it drives the perception that that's the norm. Yeah. That, so, that, that's another good, yeah, it's a great point. And anyway, the point of all that, the 80-20 rule, the Pareto distribution, is that I, I think it probably comes into play in this sense as well as, do people get anything out of this? Do people get anything constructive out of it? Yeah. I, I would suspect it's a an 80-20 rule. 20% of the people get 80% of the, we'll call it usefulness out of it. And 80%, you know, get very little. It's primarily entertainment or distraction. That is a solid point because that ties into kind of, you know, like the serious and the not serious statement. Because I think a lot of these people think I mean, you just said this, that they're getting something out of it, but it's really kind of a Band-Aid because you can't, you know, me and you aren't sitting here saying that there's any one way to do anything, but a lot of that community, a lot of social media is designed for the person who's creating the content to get something out of it. It's not necessarily, I'm going to help this person, it's... I'm going to put out a tweet saying, be strong, be tough, alpha, talking third person, all this bullshit. But then in reality, these people have really never done anything. So you're putting it more out for yourself than you are always to help people or whatever. But that's kind of the problem is these people are consuming this stuff. And I'm not trying to play world police here, but they're consuming this stuff. And all they're doing is really jumping back into the hole, you know, and we all started there at some point where, you you know, you start reading stoic philosophy, you feel like a tough guy, even though, you know, stoic stuff is really borderline like Buddhism in a lot of ways. I mean, it's very zen, yeah, it a is. lot of it, you know, 
But the point is that's what we have. So it's like I'll tweet out sometimes and I usually reel it in because I'm like this is you know, this is ridiculous. I'm not trying to tell people what to do. You, you could you could read all the uh, you know, red pill, this and that stuff you want, and it could lead to something more because admittingly, you know, I'm not, I want to be objective here. I read that stuff back in the day. I read some of that stuff and I was reading heavy psychology stuff, you know, very conceptual stuff that's designed to make you feel better, but not really fix anything. And then it ended up leading me to now where, you know, I don't, I the things that people that bother people on social media, I could give not one, two or three shits about, you know, there's just nothing. It's like, here's my content. Here's my truth. Subjective. Maybe it'll lead you somewhere, but I'm not getting offended because someone calls me a name on there, you know, and I'm definitely not on there to fix myself, so to speak, you know, by being like a fake teacher. So I think that's what a lot of these people have to kind of realize is like they're on there. A lot of these guys, they get followers, they get attention. And now all of a sudden they're the teacher. It's like, yeah, but you didn't graduate yet. So and you can and it's it's not you didn't graduate because I'm the, the freaking gatekeeper or I'm the guy. No, it's you didn't graduate because look at your activity. You know, you go on their page and they're having, to, you know, thread wars with someone that said they were wrong. It's like, well, why are you defending a point that you made? Because if you're confident in that point, then you don't give a shit what anyone says. That's that's confidence. That's security. It is. Um, you know what, though? I'll be honest. You know, I, I got to say it, I can find myself falling into that trap. Sometimes, you know, part of it has to do with the nature of my career. Part of it involves essentially arguing with people, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, just to, you know, test them and make sure they're doing things the right way. But it just if you look at our society as it stands in the West right now, you know, everything's predicated on conflict. So, you know, whether it's social media or TV, uh, any sort of common media you look right now, even like, and, you know, I have kids. So you see even with kids, you know, clearly. And it's actually really disturbing when you understand the psychological programming behind it is, you know, you're pushed, you're conditioned, you know, look at what they call TV shows, programming. You're programmed yeah, to engage basically in this useless debate because it just, it generates activity and that, you know, that feeds your dopamine loops and it gets the, the networks and the advertisers and Google and everybody else paid. So, you know, everybody's happy there. <clears throat> so it's, you know, uh, unless you're, you know, the Buddha himself, you know, any of us can slip into that at any time. And, you know, it's, Hey, you know, none of us are perfect, but the yeah. key is, you know, recognizing it when it does happen. You know, yeah. I've, yeah. I've had that happen on Twitter before and, you know, kind of start a, a little back and forth. And then I, I just stop because I'm like, there's nothing to be gained. Exactly. And yeah. you know, it's interesting if I've said that to someone before in a Twitter conversation and it, it started out as an interesting discussion and then it kind of just decayed because it was clear that we basically had incompatible perspectives and there was no bridging the gap. 
so I just said, you know what, there's nothing for else, nothing else for either of us to gain here. I, you know, we both have perspectives. Hey, you know, I think that's the end of the conversation. And I, the best I can read into their response, it either really annoyed them or really pissed them off because they, I figured exactly how they worded it, but it was essentially, no, we're not done because of X, Y, Z. I'm like, so some random, I mean, hell for all I know, it's a bot, like, yep. you know, unidentified string of text on my screen tells me I can't stop debating with them. Like yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's like I said, it's like when you really, that's a good point because when you really start looking at this stuff and you really start like analyzing it, which obviously like we've said can lead to, you know, just a loop that never ends. So you have to watch it. But when you look at it, it's pretty ridiculous overall because like you said, so someone's telling you that this isn't over. It's like, no, I could delete my account in three seconds and it's over. <laughs> I could I could log off like this shit doesn't mean anything in the scheme of things. But it is funny as human beings how much we argue because it's kind of the, you know, it's the antithesis of what we're trying to portray. So you could also argue, well, I don't argue with people online or I don't do any of that stuff because I'm also trying to create an image. You know, I can't respond to that guy because then I'm a hypocrite. I got to tell you, I've never had the feeling to want to respond. I mean, and if I have anything to admit, I would say the only thing that annoys me is that I feel there's so much fake on, you know, a place like Twitter that it blows my mind how other people can't see it. So that would be kind of my weakness in that realm is I, I'll just be like, man, you know, I'll just see something and think, what the hell? Because, you know, with the way they have it set up. So what I do is, is I don't go outside of my notifications and I do mostly my stuff from Buffer because the second you hit that timeline or whatever they call it on Twitter – it's John Joe like this, and then the person he like like this. You're not really seeing any of the content that you follow. So you essentially have to use lists or just don't go outside of your notifications. And I've had people message me that kind of like support my stuff, and they're like, dude, you don't ever interact with my stuff. And I'm like, well, it's nothing personal, but that would involve me like going into public on Twitter, like going to the timeline, <laughs> and I freaking don't want to do that. So you could say, oh, that's hypocritical. You're saying nothing bothers you. Well, my response to that would be it's too all over the place. You know, you have to be very selective on what you're doing. So I just don't see I, – I, I heard something once. I think I said this on another podcast where I heard somebody on a podcast, and this was like a big podcast, like way up there, and they said something along the lines of like, and, you know, they're in more of a different position because it's like career and they're famous or whatever. But they're like, I don't care who you are. If somebody says something bad to you online, it's going to affect you. And this wasn't like a like a like a little boy. This was like a tough guy. And I just remember thinking, no, uh, uh-uh. like <laughs> not at all. And, you know, I openly admit, as I did to you before the podcast, people that know me. You know, I don't always have a ton of empathy towards things, but uh, no.
I, I don't see anything that I would give a shit about, you know, that, well, let me rephrase that to the point of what we see people freaking out about. So you can have discussions, you can have, I guess, quote unquote debates, but like you said, when it hits a point, like, well, no, we're not done. And it just extends into a philosophical 400 thread thing. It's like, no, I, I, I just don't, I don't feel anything for that. Well, I mean, I guess at some level you have to look at, you know, why do we argue, you know? Insecurity I, I for all well, of us, me, you know, anyone. Well, to a point, but th there's also a legitimate use for it. I mean, if you look at, you know, we're ultimately tribal animals, you know, whether it's, you know, your family and your neighbors. Granted, in today's world, it's it's a little chaotic, you know, where things going, you know, what's up with society right now, all that. <clears throat> but, you know. I mean, look at your background, you know, you're with the, the group of guys you train with and, you know, you're out with, you know, day in, day out, you know, morning, noon and night. And, you know, you may have an argument, but it, it's it's really serving two purposes. You know, you're you have you're debating a legitimate issue that's in question for whatever reason. And, you know, you have some inherent level of respect, you know, whether it's your neighbor or your teammate. Um, and, you know, to get a little bit arcane here. You know, you're also conveying, you know, emotional information, which is legitimate information. The problem is social media hijacks that yep, to such is. a degree that yep. that channel of information is functionally garbage in social media. You can't convey anything because it's they just amplified it to a billion percent. So you're like, nope, just got to turn that channel off. Yeah. Yep. Because, you know, if, if you and I train together, you know, six days a week for five years and you know we may debate about something and be relatively calm or you know something may happen one day i mean i may be like dude jason what the fuck you know like, dude like you're worked up so you're clearly you know all right this is important to you so like what's up yeah and then it ends after that you know you have the disagreements and then it ends right. but it's like you said it's conveying it's relating information and social media, it's more about being right or wrong or proving this. And oh my gosh, do you see that in, <laughs> well, in well, politics? <laughs> so, social media is psychological masturbation. It's not an exchange. Yep. It's a dumpster fire. Yep. Right. Well, literally, it's you're reflecting back onto yourself. You know, it, it's it's psychological masturbation because if you know you and I, you know. We have this relationship, whether it's work, uh, whether it's professional or neighborly or whatever. And okay, you know, we have a legitimate issue. You know, I'm not going to raise my voice to you because I'm going to get something out of it. It's like I have a legitimate issue, at least from my perspective, that we need to address. Yeah. Versus on social media, if I do the equivalent of raising my voice, you know, through text and implications or, you know, put up a picture of somebody raising a middle finger, however you want to do it. Uh, you're not going to exchange any information there. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It, it's entirely a mirror. Yeah, I would argue that in the actual straight definition of argument, it essentially serves no purpose. But then when you get to a kind of, like you're saying, a kind of space where it's a little bit uh, more receptive on both ends, <clears throat> then it means something. It's but... The point of bringing that up is you rarely see that on social media. 
because it's an anonymous platform and it's, you know, easy to do and to, to, you know, including me, I don't have a lot of stuff up. So it's just, it's an interesting topic, this topic, because it just seems to kind of feed itself. But like you said, because, because one person's doing it, let's say, then it's okay for everyone to do it. I, I saw something. There was somebody. How did I see this? I don't know if they forwarded it to me or through DM, if you can even do that, or they they uh, just put my name in a thread. And there's, I guess, a section of Twitter that's kind of going against these guys that I'm talking about that's trying to, like, call them out or something. Yeah, I, actually, and, I think I sent you something on that. Okay, yeah. So I don't care about the names. I don't care who it was. But I remember looking at it and thinking, and, and somebody said something in that thread. They said, you know, none of these guys are calling each other out because they're all doing it. So it's like if the head guy with the most followers in that part, you know, posts a picture of the, you know, something that is blatantly obvious, like, dude, you're, you're like, an, you're, this is insecure shit right here. They're, they're all doing it in a circle. So it's okay. And that's the interesting part is it's like, oh, well, nobody's going to question it because you have a lot of followers and the head guys doing it. But it's just, it's interesting because how do people not see that? You know, I think they do see it, but I don't think they care because they want to be part of the group or whatever it is, you know, but that's an interesting like dichotomy, you know? It is, you know, I think to some degree, I think a lot of this is at a subconscious level is that, you know, people have lowered expectations of social media. You know, if I show up and meet you in person and I start talking about how wealthy I am, how I'm this big swinging dick who's, you know, mergers and acquisitions and, you know, buying private islands by day and, you know, partying with models at night, uh, you're going to say, okay, well, let's see, you're in ratty jeans and a t-shirt. So, yeah, you, you better show me something real quick if you expect me to believe that story for more than about two seconds. You know, versus online, you know, social media. Well, yeah, you know, hey, I mean, how hard is it, you know, I mean, if you know somebody in Photoshop or, I mean, you could grab some, in, you know, Instagram chicks, pictures. I mean, you can manufacture that image, you know, in a few minutes. Yep. And, you know, as has pointed out with some of, by some of these guys is how uh, I think you can, you know, rent a Ferrari for a couple hundred bucks for the day. Um, you know, it's not prohibitively expensive, however much it is. And, you know, I mean, hell, you can pay a couple of women to post with you in some pictures. So I, boom. And, you know, if you think about it, do any of us go into social media saying, you know, I'm going to treat this like, you know, this is somebody I want to do business with. No, it, dude, you're treating it like it's, you know, some drunk dude sitting at the bar next to you. You know, they can tell you about some yacht they have. And you know what, if it's an entertaining story, sure, man, uh, whatever you say, 100%. Yeah, it's fantasy land and, right. and you can get away with it, but it's, it's, you know, I always go back to this. It's like, but do you spend the time to ask why? 
you know, if you rent a car for a day to look a certain way, you have to kind of stop and say, okay, but why? Like, like why, why am I doing that? Because in theory, if you're a guy that's put out work, put out content or produced works, you know, whatever they are, why would you need anything more than that? It's like my, my outlook is if someone calls me an idiot on Twitter or says I'm fake or says I'm whatever, I think my psychological process would be, well, I know what my resume is because I was the one that made it. I don't know who this person is. Maybe they unfollow me, follow me. Maybe they call me out or don't buy my stuff or whatever it is. But there's no, there is an insecurity there because it just is what it is. You know, it's, you don't, I don't need someone to solidify who I am because I'm who I am. You know, there, it isn't, oh man, someone called me out in the thread. So now I got to retweet it with a good quote and then put up a picture of a page of my resume. You know, it's like, (laughs) yeah, but it's like, yeah, but why? What, if you know what you are and who you are, then why, you know, and, and this, that's what I always come back to is on some level, some of these people online are creating themselves, uh, like you said, an image, creating an image, creating a brand that has to be produced because it's not real. You know, and it's it's just a it's so bizarre to me. It's it's really bizarre. Well, unfortunately, I mean, if you look at the current era, and you know, being a parent, this actually concerns me a lot for a lot of the the kids today. Is that I, whenever you look at any sort of you know the news media, you know, if you look at the the political trends right now, everything is based on identity. Yeah. You know, what is yep. the value of your identity? You know, or do you, you know, associate with the right uh, abbreviations or letters or so on and so forth? Well, if not, then your values changed. I mean, versus, I mean, you know, compare that to um, a guy that I, I won't say friends with, I'll say acquaintances with. I know him through a friend. Um, if you ever met him, <laughs> Yeah, you, know, you would think he was literally the the average guy. You know, like doing well for himself. You know, yeah, he drives a, a BMW sedan, but you know, you, you wouldn't realize that this guy is, as far as I know, tens of millions. He's probably approaching a hundred million. It turns out he is extremely talented at opening restaurants, so he opens them, gets them going and essentially rolls them over to investor groups and walks away from it. And he got good enough at it where now basically investor groups come to him and say, we want this sort of restaurant started. It turns out in the restaurant business, it's something ridiculous, like a 90% failure rate. But this guy just has like the golden touch for whatever reason. He's just, he knows how to like, and I've spoken to him before. He's like an artist with it. He's like, it just has to have a certain feel. Oh yeah, okay. (laughs) <laughs> but uh like you would never know and you know this guy would just he's you would have to say this guy's definitely awake because he laughs at the sort of identity stuff he's like you get me whatever label you want you know what it doesn't change the fact that i'm gonna go home kiss my kids go to bed with my wife yep. wake up tomorrow and do it again 
He's yeah. Like, yeah. That's and and there's nothing in him that feels he has to show it off because the work's doing it for him. And that's 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 my that's my whole thesis on this. It's like if some guy comes up to me and he's like, "Hey, I'm like a Vietnam vet," you know, or let's he doesn't tell me, but you know, it's a guy that I'm consuming content from and he's a Vietnam vet or he's done this or he's done that and then someone retweets that he you know is a called someone and the point is if you have a foundation to fall back on then it should not matter the things that seem to matter to people on social media as far as responding and getting pissed off you know you should have enough security to where that happens. And I've had that happen, um, you know, in, in society or even online or whatever it is where I'll be out with people or whatever. And it'll just be kind of like, man, like, why didn't, why didn't you get mad? What is this? And what's that? It's like, well, it, it is what it is. You know, it's like when you get into drama out in society, it's like, well, we're either going to go at it. It's going to go one or two ways or it's going to get worse and it's going to go one or two ways or it's not at all. You know, there it's it's just that reality, that awareness of kind of like, you know, this doesn't this doesn't matter. It, it reminds me of that story Jay talks about Jay Campbell when we went to that one um conference this was a while ago at this point and we're literally on a break and some guy just walks up to us um totally random guy he was drunk he sits down like off to our right and he just starts he's not talking shit to us but he's just kind of talking shit about life or anything like that I, I i just rambling i'm not paying attention to him at all i'm literally looking the other direction like he's not even there and, you know, Jay's kind of responding a little bit because they're, you know, he's just blabbing on the guy. And at one point he said something like, I, I guess it was a, a hit towards me. I, I don't, I literally barely remembered it. And he said something like, yeah, my wife thinks that people that have beards are idiots or something like that. Cause I have a fucking <laughs> lot of facial hair. And I remember hearing something like that and I just looked over at him and I just stared at him and I was like, I said something like, so what, what's the point of saying that? Like, it wasn't a tough guy statement. I was just like, so what's your point of telling me that? And he was kind of like, oh, well, you know, I'm just, I'm just saying. And it was like, that, that was all it was because in my mind, it's like, okay, you made a statement. It was directed towards me. I asked you why you made the statement. And that's it. You know, it's like, this is going to go one or two ways. You're going to leave. Something's going to happen or it's not. It doesn't mean I'm six foot tall, bulletproof, you know, professional UFC fighter. No, no, no. It just means that's the reality of the situation. I have enough confidence in myself to say, oh, that's what it is. I don't care if you think you got one by me or not. It's like, this goes one or two ways. (laughs) I mean, that's life. That's how drama, that's how conflict works. But that's the thing is for most people, especially these types online, that would have to be, you know, what's the word I'm looking for, Nick? Like that, that would have to be like, you'd have to do something. It, you'd have to like peacock, you, you'd have to show something that like, oh man, people are going to look at me differently because I didn't get up and like hit him in the face or something. It's like, no, you're confident enough that that's, 
that's it. It is what it is. And, you know, some of that is from my background. You know, you carry weapons long enough, especially professionally. It's going to take a lot to get you to go off because you know that the consequences on his end or yours can be, um, you know, pretty permanent, we'll say. So, you know, it's a different outlook. But no, when you have that confidence and you have that security, you don't need to do any specific frame or any, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, uh, I'll come I'll take a step back because it ties to what you were just saying. And coming back to the whole point of arguing is, you know, there, there was, I guess, depending on what circles you travel in, um, a well-known blogger who was pretty much uh, banned from all the outlets and uh, it, it wasn't the white supremacist dude, uh, whatever his name is. I forget his name. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but he, he had a great point. You know, it, it took me a while to get it, too. Um, I, I'll be honest. I, I used to argue a lot more on Internet stuff. But he made the point is that, you know, and this is, I, I guess I'm parroting him when I was, you know, got into talking about an argument being an emotional information exchange when it's a legitimate argument. And, you know, think about it. If, if I don't have a connection with you where I can, you know, exchange information in that manner, then nothing I'm going to do is going to change your mind. You know, if like the dude who said, uh, guys with beards suck, maybe that's his honest, legitimate feeling. Okay. Well, there's nothing he's, gonna say that's gonna change your mind to say oh you know what you're right they do huh how about that let me go shave real quick yeah <laughs> so you know it's maybe he's a family member or a good friend and you know this is the best example in this case it kind of falls apart but okay now maybe you have a legitimate argument like dude why are you saying that like, you know, like we're we're you literally you're my brother like what's up you know versus like random dude on the internet okay like why would i why would I argue with you? Like, yeah. here's what, my yeah, point. What's the meaning? Take, yeah. take it or leave it. And yeah. there's the middle ground. We can debate something like, you know, oh, I think this. Well, no, actually, here's this information or this example that shows, you know, that instead. Oh, okay. Well, you know, now you go off on that tangent. But, you know, like, an easy example is, you know, Trump is racist. No, he's not. Like, okay, great. Cool. Like, I'm, I'm not going to argue with you because any information you want on that, you can go pick up on the internet in 30 seconds, just like I can. So we're looking at the same stuff. So if that's your opinion, then okay. Like, why would we debate it further? I'm not going to change your mind. Yeah, it's it's what's what's the meaning. And, you know, to make a point back to my point. I'm not telling anyone to be a tough guy or be tough or anything. No, no, no. I'm saying be secure. That's all it is. If you if you, if you look at a guy and say something back and you wake up by somebody tapping your face and pouring water on your face because he got your chin, <laughs> roger that. You know, it's like it won't be the first time, probably won't be the last if you've ever done anything in your life. So the point is not – being or acting or holding frames or being tough guys it's being secure there was not one iota in my mind that was like well i have to do something because this guy made a comment it's like no 
the guy freaking left two seconds after it because he wasn't getting, I wasn't taking the bait, you know? And it's like, let's be honest, you know, like I said, not a ninja, not a UFC fighter, nothing like that. But the reality is, you know, you know, from training and from some that I have, it it is what it is. The guy comes at you, he comes at you. You're not going to stand there and cry. So it it just is what it is. If you want a good example, if you watch UFC, the best in the world, 20 seconds, they're knocked out. Shit happens. It goes the way it goes. But it's having that security that it is what it is. I'm not going to look at a guy that says something about a beard and go, oh, well, why you say that, bro? Or you want to do something about it? It's like you said, what is gained? You look at that human being and you say, so what's your point? What, what are you trying to get from me right now? And most of the time, they're just going to leave, and you probably just saved yourself a lawsuit. So, you know, that's the other angle. But and, it's just what? about being secure. That's what this shit is about. You know, one thing I'll add in there, because, you know, once again, I'll, I'll, I'll put it out there. You know, we've all pretty much had moments where we've been triggered, you know, to use the, oh, yeah. the current term. And, you know, once again, a, a technique I picked up from somebody else, which is, and obviously you use this in moderation because it can also be a good way to to instigate stuff if you know you choose to use it so but is agree and amplify hey buddy you know you know what i've been thinking about it and guys with beards are idiots yeah you know what most of them are you're absolutely right yeah like is it, what are they gonna say to that like yeah, i have a beard and there. i just agreed with you you know what dude and like you just in a calm response you know what you you are absolutely right. Most guys with beards are complete assholes too. Yeah. Like, like most people are just going to like shut up and go away. Like, like their mind just imploded. Like, yeah. What do you I, say I, to that? <laughs> I mean, and that, that, you know, there, there's a million tactics, there's a million, whatever, but the bottom line to kind of wrap this up is like, look, you got to ask why you got to ask why you follow certain people, why you do what you do. Don't follow me if you don't want to. I don't care. You know, but the thing is, is keep an eye on what you're doing because you can like someone, you can gain, use their content, do what you have to do. But the bottom line, you've got to watch what you're consuming and you've got to look at yourself and, you know, ask why to that. You know, it's about security. It's not about tough guy. It's not about projecting. That's not what this is about. So, anyway, good conversation. But um, did you end up watching that fight, the UFC fight today? Did you get to see watched, any of it? I watched the highlights of it. Um, yeah, that was uh, Anthony <clears throat> Smith, dude. That that guy's a tank. I mean, that guy's a monster. Dude, the punches he was landing, those those are just punishing, man. Yeah, yeah he was... He was throwing like a bunch of haymakers in the beginning, Smith, and he said uh, afterwards that he that he broke his hand on the first punch or something Ouch. like that. So he was basically like wailing with this guy and just looking to put him down. And it's sad for um, Gustafson because I think he's basically done. He pretty much like took his gloves off, left him in the ring, and he – he was in his home in his home country, and he said the show's over, guys, and basically walked out. So he's like retiring. It was kind of sad, but um, yeah. So he got submitted. You know, a lot of these guys. I mean, you know, from doing jujitsu, it's like big guys. 
you know, strikers, like they're standing and they're banging with people, but they're black belts in jujitsu and nobody's talking about it. So you've got a 200 pound guy on your back, your neck's wide open, like you're done, you know? (laughs) So, you know, it was interesting to see that from him. That's the interesting thing of, you know, no matter how much you train, it's, you know, especially in a literal fight, there are so many things going on at once that, you know, it's, it's, you know, I call, I refer to the physical chess, you know, just one wrong slip at the, just the wrong time can change everything. Especially jujitsu, especially on the ground. Yeah. And you know, if he had gone down with his tin chin tucked, yeah, and yeah. he went down, he, you know, uh, when he tried to take the other guy down earlier in the match, you could see he tucked his chin to protect yeah. himself from a choke. Yeah. And just for whatever reason, you know, uh, maybe he was off balance or, you know, he was just tired. I mean, hell, any of us would have been. But for whatever reason, just he didn't tuck his chin that time. And boom, because it, it, if he had tried the rear naked choke with the chin tucked, he, he wouldn't have gotten it. He might have, yeah. you know, messed up his lips on the guy's teeth. But that's about it. Yeah, and it was what they didn't show in those highlight reels because I I watched most of most of those fights. Is he was on his back for a good couple minutes, so he had Smith on his back, a guy who I mean I guess they were light heavyweight, so that's like one eighty or five one eighty. I might be totally off. I think it's one eighty five to two hundred five. Okay, so he was on his back and he was trying to get up, and the announcers were like, "Dude, you're not this. You're not getting up." But you're right. It just it opened up, and it reminds me of the um, Connor Diaz fight, the first one, where Connor went in. He uh, you know shot in for the takedown, and the guy and Diaz made a comment afterwards. He was like, "Dude, <laughs> he's like I'm the jujitsu guy here." The minute he did that, it was all over. It sure enough took his back, and it was over. So it's like, that's how a lot of these things end. But he said that in the interview. He's like, nobody talks about it, but, you know, he's good on the ground, Smith. So he pretty much shut it, shut that, shut that guy into retirement. It's pretty serious. Yeah. You know, the interesting thing about, you know, ground arts and, you know, you'll, you'll start a fight saying this almost every single time is that it, how you apply the art depends on the person. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, you know, it, what I mean by that is that, you know, for example, being on your back, um, you know, for me personally, and I look, I, I, I'm just a, a blue belt. I'm, I'm not just a black belt MMA fighter here, but, you know, Neon belly is like my freaking kryptonite, man. Like I, I'm in trouble if I let somebody hold, you know, somebody who knows what they're doing hold neon belly. And you know, I, I roll with a lot of black belts, and I can, you know, my defense is pretty strong. But you know, if they can really keep neon belly, I'm in trouble. Whereas, I'll let you mount me all day long, and I, I've I've done that sparring MMA too. So yeah, you can strike my face if I don't defend properly. And even then, I'm still probably going to take a few shots. But, you know, it's it has to do with, I think it's also size. The bigger you get, I think the more effective you can actually defend when you're in certain positions like that, just because of the mass involved. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, yes, if you're training somebody, the standard line is 
you know, no, you would actually rather have somebody on knee on belly because then they can't just take both arms and start trying to pound your skull. Yeah. yeah. But, okay, you know, Bob, Joe, Nick, Sarah, maybe based on your body type and your skill set, maybe you actually are more effective there. Um, so, you know, a lot of it, and, you know, you'll, they go into this on the interview sometimes, and you can sometimes see it when you watch these guys and some of their matches or practice footage is, you know, what is their particular niche? Yeah, that reminds me of like Habib, you know, who's fucking, what is he, 27-0, and 28-0, and that's his style. Shoots in, takes a single leg, and then he basically just grounds and pounds you. And, you know, from... I guess like a ground perspective, the only thing you can really do there is, you know, extend your hips, kind of push them off, get away from them, but nobody can do it. I mean, that's just his thing. I'd, I'd love to see him, even though I have a feeling he probably already has, I'd love to see him go against a black belt in jujitsu. I don't really know if he has, but I've asked a few people. I know a guy who's pretty close to that level at this point. And I was like, you know, what does somebody do to offset a style like Habib's and they're like, if you're good enough, the guy's never going to be in a position where he can ground and pound you. Obviously easier said than done, but it's interesting that you said that because that's like, that's what he does. (laughs) Like that's his thing. And it's on top in your face, elbows, punches, and it just hits a point where if you're on your back, even if you're not affected, so you've got your arms up guarded you're not knocked out and he's just wailing. It just hits a point where the volume wins, oh, yeah. you know, and they'll cut it off. They had a fight. They had a fight today where the guy was on top. The guy was on his back. Guy was on top of him and he had him in a choke, but he wasn't out. So the guy on the bottom just kept doing circles. So he was literally on the mat for 60 seconds just spinning his body and they they cut it off <laughs> and it was like technically it was like boob you're out like there's nothing going on here like there you go so right. you know you have these fighters like Habib where they put that on you that's it another guy that comes to mind is Max Holloway you know who he just went against Dustin Poirier but that guy's just like you look at him doesn't always look like anything special, but he's got cardio for days and he just puts on the volume. You're just like Tony Ferguson does that. That guy's a freaking machine. He'll just put you on the cage and he'll just wail off shots until you're just like, hey, man, cut this off. You know, so. So, you know, with regard to Habib, the interesting thing, you know, somebody who's at the appropriate skill level, yeah, once again, I, you know, I'm, I'm no guru here. You know, this. This is Mr. Amateur over here, but uh, there's actually a sequence I use for people who are faster than me, you know, who do attack like that, that I tend to train with and, you know, help. Maybe it doesn't work at that level. Who knows? It'd be interesting to see it attempted though, because if somebody comes into mount and if, you know, Hey, I I know they're going to get it. Like I'm not stopping this. Basically you let them come into you. So at the moment they, you know, there's some momentum still going on. It, you can basically do a hip lift. Now, realistically, you're going to sacrifice because he's going to get one or two shots in on your head. It's that yep. simple. Yep. But assuming you're prepared for that and you're willing to take that, that, you do the hip lift and you can basically spin directly into a heel hook and he's screwed. Yeah, and I'm trying to think of this because in training a few times for my last job, if they were in mount and you would 
you would pop the hips and then you would take a, a what the hell is that called? So you would pop the hips when they're on top. They would lose balance and fall on you, and then you would go on top of them into guard. What's that called? If you could picture that, uh, it's a kind of sweep. Yeah, it's. I remember that. I'm, I, they couldn't do that with someone like a beam, right. I'm sure. But right, but so this is a little different. So if you think about somebody sitting on mounting you, um, you actually don't even have to have them all the way forward. It's easier if they are, but you basically grab their hips. Like, you know, and basically squeeze in like you want to feel their their literal hip bones. Yeah. And then you just lift up. And it, that gives you just enough room for you to essentially spin underneath them. Yeah. And it, I'm not trying to describe it in words, but um, you essentially spin and wrap your leg up over into their groin and you end up in a heel hook, which is entirely illegal in a lot of competitions, uh, in general uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu competitions in gi um in no gi uh i think at certain levels it is allowed because the problem is it is allowed in ufc as far as i know is that you get that it takes almost no strength to freaking shred their achilles and if they pull out of it the wrong and that here's the nasty thing about it once you get the grip if they just pull they'll pop their own achilles oh god that's not an injury you have to know how to pull like once somebody has it you have to rotate out but if you rotate the wrong way you pop your own leg yeah it's definitely an art that is uh, that's serious business oh you're seeing that there's a have you heard of that guy ryan hall yeah yeah he's i think fighting coming up which is surprising and he basically just dominates everyone they hate him because all he does is want to go to the ground but hey it works you know, you know what I, I there i have seen a little bit of it um not much though but you know obviously I, i'm i'm biased here because i i train judo but if some of these guys would pick up a little more judo i mean just twice in the fight from today in the highlights i, I didn't watch the whole thing only the highlights but twice in the highlights i saw the perfect setup for a hip throw where like he had it. Like, if yeah. he knew the movement, like, he would have launched the guy. Like, it, it, I don't know if the guy would have gotten back up. Yeah. And I'm like, like, guys, like, seriously, you go to a really good judo instructor, you know, who really knows their shit. And seriously, there's probably, like, if you're like, look, I just need a couple tools in my toolbox, they could probably say, look, here, three or four throws. We're, you know, we're going to get you really technical with these. And dude, like they would be shocking. People would be very nervous to get in close to them. They're like, no, 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 because you might throw me. Yeah, and I think Rogan said that at one point on his podcast that it's just not trained enough because a lot of people now are doing the Muay Thai, the Jiu-Jitsu. They're getting really – there's that guy Crabtree in the last few fights who basically went – I think that's his name – went overseas to like legit Muay Thai – area and he came back and freaking dominated this guy like just just kick you know basically kicked his leg out from under him so <laughs> i remember him saying something like that but anyway um, well, you know i think part of the issue with judo is i i love judo man but I, i'll be honest judo kind of sucks because the problem with judo is there there's no half speed so with a lot of things, whether it's Muay Thai, whether it's Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, whatever, with most arts, you can go half speed. You know, you can control how much force is involved. You don't have to go essentially 100% every time. 
You know, yeah. imagine if Muay Thai, every time I strike you, I have oh, to strike yeah. 90%. Like, who would be doing Muay Thai? Nobody. Yeah, be, dude, I'm out. Like, I, I'm not doing that two, three times a week. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe once every so often for a competition or a fight, but uh, not regularly. Yeah. And the problem with judo is it, it's a momentum-based art. Yeah, so you have to go all the way. So you have to go. And my instructor warned me time and again because – I'm a big guy. So when I throw smaller guys, I, I transfer a lot of momentum and it kind of sucks for the other person. Oh yeah. And multiple times, you know, when sparring, I would try to be nice and only do the throw at like 60%. And, you know, once I knew, once I knew I had it and I was going, you know, fitting up, I would, you know, ease off a little bit and he would pull me aside and be like, you're, you're actually not going to get them hurt. You are going to get yourself hurt. Just, like stop doing that. Yeah. And about like a month later, effect. yeah, well, about a month later, uh, fucking freaking, you know, textbook picture perfect um, hip throw. And I, I would have launched the dude. And so halfway through, I actually pulled back to stop, you know, to cut off the momentum. And it caused him to just drop straight down. But I'm, I'm still holding on to him. It's hard to describe. But basically, it caused him to fall straight down. And he reflexively pulled his knees up, you know, kind of a you know dead bug to protect himself. But that pulled me straight down on top of him. So my full body weight drove my lower floating ribs straight into his oh, knee. Gosh. So I essentially broke my own rib. Like, yeah. everybody heard the pop. Oh, gosh, yeah. And it was I like, <laughs> from that point on, and my instructor, it was funny. He just he looked at me, and he honestly, he laughed. Yeah, he's like, I told you. Yeah. Yeah, it's opposite effect, you know. <clears throat> and I know a lot of those camps for the UFC, some of them go so hard that these guys get in the cage and their chin is, you know, already has problems from training. So it's like you really, you got to watch it. But um, maybe we'll do a podcast just on that because next weekend is some serious fights because it's Ferguson and Cowboy, Donald Cerrone, which is going to be uh, that um, Ferguson is uh, no joke. And I'm not sure if it's Cejudo and the other guy next weekend, but there's there's some big ones coming up. So maybe we can do a podcast just on that. But um, all right, so we'll stop it there. But um. All right, thanks for listening, guys. This episode of the Painted Target Podcast was brought to you by Awareness Integrations. Only you care about your problems. The Painted Target is also sponsored by Grave Delay Athletics, apparel that says, I'm going to live well and cheat death. 